How's it going, guys? I'm Zeke. And I'm Jake. And you're listening to the Cinema Side Show podcast, episode 19. 19. Almost two decades old, Jake. Oh, my God. I'm going to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, man? Oh, man. I'm tired. Yeah, no, we are getting to that point of the semester, but we've been keeping it pretty high energy these last couple of weeks, so I'm thinking... We've got we'll to keep be, that we'll, going. We'll be all right for the, for the show. We always bring our energy to the show. Absolutely. Particularly with the movie that we're watching this week and talking mm. about later on in the show. Very energetic indeed. It's hard to say that movie wasn't anything but energetic. I'm going to be that crusty the Clown this week. Oh, yeah. We're going to be good. And as, as soon as the stage lights off... Oh, I I'm, just gonna just... Like, I'm just going to, like, crumble. Oh, I thought you were going to be doing, like, a Crossy the Crown voice, like, hey, guys, we're going to watch Crossy the Crown. Oh, don't even get me. I used to do Nelson pretty well. Yeah? Be like, ha, ha. Oh, that's pretty good. It was not bad. She used to pu- be the most annoying character on The Simpsons. Before puberty, it was even better. Wait, did he hit puberty? I hit puberty. Oh. And I couldn't do the voice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but how are you, man? I'm I'm doing all right. Making it. Got all a right. lot on. A lot on this ne- point of the year. This time next week will be pretty awesome. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool because we'll be at we'll episode be- 20. Which yes, that's be, exactly why. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, no, like it's it. We're in that crunch time of semester. A lot of things happening. A lot of things moving. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, the next couple of weeks we get to talk more career-driven stuff, which would be yeah, pretty we're sweet. Get some speed boating on that. Mm-hmm. Right? But for now, we just watch occasionally movies. I don't know about you, Jake, but I've been watching uh, the latest season of Vikings. Oh, that's right. You got it on Blu-ray. I did. Correct? I bought it on Blu-ray the yeah, other day. Yeah, saw that. Um, been enjoying it. Been sitting at every chance I get between being swamped with work. I've watched an episode. And <laughs> yeah, it's been that really chestnut. Good. Um, not many people I know watch Vikings, or at least mm. as as much a fan of Vikings as so me. Is this like a new season? What's the so deal? this is the latest season released on DVD. So it's season five, volume two. Because um, they do volumes okay. for that show. I don't know if it's an SBS sort of show thing. Yeah. But, um, I've yeah. i heard of that, really. Yeah, it's, it, they've been doing it ever since uh, season four. I know, like, Dragon Ball Z has, like, a volume, I think. <laughs> Something yes, like that. I think you might be the first person in history to compare Dragon Ball Z to Vikings. <laughs> um, but, be yeah. Surprised. No, um, it's been pretty cool. Like, I've been enjoying I've watched three episodes so far of it. and. Yeah. Because the final season is coming to air in about a month. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I've got to get this out. Because I'd like to watch that air, that season live. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because it's the last season. And with Game of Thrones literally just finishing, what, last this time yeah, last week. Yeah. Um, last episode. Which we'll probably have to talk a little bit about. I mean, you can talk about your thoughts in the series as a whole. I don't think we have to get spoilery, but... No. No, absolutely Because you've seen it now, have you? I have yeah. watched it today. Wow, okay. So it took you a while to get there. I yeah. did. Honestly, there are spoilers, but I was so drained at this point. By okay, you didn't really care. Fan base, show, just all around. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about, like, like today we were talking about sort of, like, errors that occur. For example, the, the coffee cup. That oh, is yeah, the, the famous coffee cup. Pretty famous coffee cup. Yeah, infamous, um, some would say. Yeah, but <laughs> talking about how you would have liked to seen them leave that in. Right, yeah, we did talk about that. I talked about um, it's the whole like anti-George Lucas campaigning thing that I like doing. I like mm-hmm. if there's a mistake in a film, it's you know, it's sealed there in concrete, you know? Yeah. And it'll be there for them. I'm, I'm assuming they're getting rid of the coffee cup for the DVD, which is what I've heard. So I don't know if I like that. I wish they kind of kept it in there for the I mean, historical <laughs> nature of it. There would be a historic. It would be nice if they had both versions. That's true. <laughs> they just have, that's a deleted scene called the, the non-coffee. Or even yeah. better, yeah, that is like the bonus feature, just the scene with the... I don't Can know. I, I don't know what I want. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's... No one knows what they want. <laughs> well, definitely not. With, well, I can tell you what they do want with that show is yeah. that show to be remade, <laughs> um, which uh, we talked about... We talked about it last week. Last week is on the show. still, like, going on? Like, yeah, it's getting worse, too. But oh, my God. I think, People honestly, you give it a couple of weeks, it'll die down until Rick and Morty comes back, and then we'll have another set of fa- <laughs> toxic fans, right, going at it. Yeah. But, I mean, oh, coming man. back to Vikings, it was a lot of fun. Like, yeah. um, I've been really enjoying the show. I think the show is probably the most consistent show. Some people didn't like, and spoiler spoiler alert about mid-season oh, no. four, so not this season or the season that came before, a couple of seasons ago, the central character who carry you know, Ragnar, 
does die. Oh, and, sake. And <laughs> this would have been like two, three years ago now that that, that character had died on the show. And a lot of people think that the turning point um, in the show for the worse happened after that. Oh, okay, I, I actually see. think the show's not gotten better, but it's still been consistent. I think the, okay. the, they did a really good thing that things like Walking Dead and even Game of Thrones to an extent kind of have struggled with where... Characters you enjoy who die in the show, mm. their supplementary like predecessors are not yeah. as strong, and I think that show has actually consistently developed characters in you know okay. in conjunction with killing them off. So that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. You're right because like shows like Walking Dead just like completely ruin it. Yeah, <laughs> and there's exactly. what maybe two or three of the original um, like group. In which all of them have, like, fulfilled their purpose, so they could be essentially killed off. But yeah, it's pretty much just, like, Maggie and Daryl and, um... That, is that it? Is that it now? I think so. And Michonne? Yeah, but she was, like, late season three, wasn't she? That's true. She came a bit later. Oh, uh, if you're talking about original, original, I'm talking about, like, just first Darryl. season, as far as Maggie. Because Maggie two. was second season. Yeah, that's true. So... Carl. Well, no, he's do, dead. You know what we should really do? I would They've really like us to sit... So me and bad. you would like to sit down and watch that season, maybe for an episode of Cinema Sideshow, because I'd actually like season to Season two? Yes, let's just watch season two. We both like season two. <laughs> we could com- get Jack on as he's calling us idiots, and we'll show him why <laughs> that season's the best season, but... No, fair. What about uh, you, Jake? You caught anything in the last week? Uh, not a lot. You know, I mean, we're both pretty bogged down as of recently. We did catch something last night, the two of us. We did. We uh, um, with Jackie Boy. We did. It's a uh, shame he couldn't come on today, but well, you know, we always have him on. So he's, he's had his fill. He's been what three, four times now. Yeah, we got to bring in some new people instead. Yeah, um, looking at that. Yeah, no, we saw <laughs> Rocket Man. Rocket Man. So that's this isn't out yet. Even no. at the time of this going up. That's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, Exclusive review. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much we want to touch on this film. We could probably just do it. I don't I have doubt... a lot to say about it, to be honest. Okay. I think I have a fair amount, but in seeing as I really didn't watch any movies other than our movie of the week. And even then, we kind of saw that even before the I previous I did see. Week. I was going to say it in the second half of the show, but I did see it a second time. Oh, really? When? Yes. Uh, Tuesday. Oh, okay. Last Tuesday. So still... That's exciting. A, a little bit away. But yes, yeah. I have seen it twice. Cool. Awesome. Um, well, well, you're right. We haven't watched... Between the two of us, we've watched like really nothing. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. So, so Rocket Man deserves a pretty... Uh, we, we can, can talk about Rocket Man for a bit. I yeah. mean, I again, I don't have much to say about it. I was pretty underwhelmed by it see that's funny and i think jack and i had this we touched on it when we were in the car after yeah that maybe the reason we enjoyed the film so much is because we really didn't enjoy bohemian rhapsody so this film okay felt more like a breath you know a breath of fresh air yeah um compared to bohemian rhapsody which then it, it begs the question that as I remember at one point in this, uh, there's a scene, there is a sex scene in this between Taron, is it Taron Edgington? Yeah, it is Taron Edgington. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the guy who's playing Elton John. And and the um, John Reed character. Yeah. Whoever played. Yeah. And <laughs> he was in Game of Thrones. Oh, um, there you go. Uh, but that sex scene, I remember him whispering to me, he's like, man, he's really going for that Oscar. Um, yeah, he said the same to me. Which I, I feel think... like Jack was sitting between the two of us is like whispering different things. Mm. <laughs> and I think he's actually correct. I feel like this film, had it come out at the same time as Bohemian Rhapsody, it would have gotten probably more critical acclaim, I'm assuming, than Bohemian Rhapsody. But the problem mm-hmm. is, I guess, Elton John's not as widely enjoyed as Queen. I mean, it's pretty hard to compete with Queen. Yeah. You know, I, I think Elton John's still huge, but I don't think you would put him in the same league as Queen. His category of music's a little less known than Queen's, yes. which is not an understatement uh, of of Elton John. It's it's an overstatement of Queen. Yeah, exactly. how big Queen is, but... Oh, and even how yeah. big Queen songs are in films. Yeah. So when Bohemian Rhapsody came out, the big success lied more in the fact that um, everyone knew most of the songs even just through plus like just hearing it consistently. I mean, you pretty yeah. much can't go a day without listening to 
a Queen song one way or another. Well, even like Bohemian Rhapsody, like it spiked again, even with the Suicide Squad trailer, which is like an odd thing mm. for it to, but, but it did spike again. It became like a big, yeah. It didn't like top the charts again or something like that that week or something. I don't know. But like, you're right. The, 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 the presence of Queen is so strong even today and mm. even before the movie even came out. So. Yeah. Do I think um, Rami Malek deserved uh, Best Actor? Like, that can always be up to subject. I didn't mind. Um, He's good in it. Yeah. It's just I, the other film qualities of it that aren't as strong. Yeah, but I think this film is stronger than Bohemian Rhapsody. It's been getting really good reviews. Okay. Like, it's at 89% or something wow. on Rotten okay. Tomatoes. Um, I think... Uh, I mean, you really didn't enjoy this film. I wouldn't say I didn't really... I still... I, I think it's very forgettable in the sense that um I was quite bored for a lot of it to be honest and mm. I think it's actually despite the fact that there were things it does that I really enjoy the fact that they're doing it is better than Bohemian Rhapsody I think in that sense because it does you know it's a musical it actually yeah. is a musical the characters break out a song yep. uh, like all that kind of stuff and I really enjoyed it the surrealism aspect of it you know there's a scene where um, they're performing and then kind of everyone starts floating into the air like that kind of stuff I really enjoyed, but I think the in terms of the script and like the plotting and that, it actually feels way too similar to Bohemian Rhapsody, um, to the point where I'm like, this feels like it's the second part of a, a double feature DVD package with this and Bohemian Rhapsody, you know. Well, as as we talked about when we left the uh the theatre. The theatre. Uh, is it Dexter Fletcher, was it? Yes. So, uh, um, yeah, you discovered this. I well, I didn't. The funny, oh, did this Jack is, discover this? Yes, yeah, so um He's the guy who did Sherlock Gnomes. That's his actual only quoted yeah. feature film before this one. His directorial debut. Uh, <laughs> Check and, it, Jesse. Um, Jack drops me off, and as like we're, he's driving off, yeah. I get a call five minutes later on the phone. From he's like, him? Yeah, from him. He's oh, like, no. He's the guy who did Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, Brian Singer got the key. And he's like, I had to tell you. It makes so much. He texted me too as well. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it does make a lot of sense. I was about to jump in the shower and he's like calling me. And he's like, ah, it's Dexter Fletcher. <laughs> and I, was, oh, I just thought it was pretty crazy. But like, well, yeah. Because the whole time we're watching it, Jack's like, I just want to know who directed this. I just want to know who directed this. Yeah. And then we finally get to the end and he's like, huh. Rings a bell. I don't get it. Is that a good Jack? Is that a good Jack? <laughs> and it's, if Jack can't get it, it's pretty, like, if anyone can get yeah. a director guess, it's probably him. And He's pretty good at that kind of stuff. I do see a lot of... This film does things better than Bohemian Rhapsody. It, it does, does a lot. but it still does a lot of the same, and that's my issue. Like, they have, I mean, they have the stereotypical, you know, oh, now they're... You know, not necessarily road trip. I'm like, now they're touring and they kind of have mm. the little the graphics that go over the screen and and like and I leaned over the jack. I was like, oh look, it's the you know carbon copy road trip traveling scene. Yeah, and I then mean, he even joked like, oh, it's the same time code as as Bohemian Rhapsody. Like at the exact same moment in the film, they do that scene. I think this one definitely touches more on Fletcher's potential though, because it does try those surrealism pushes, and it's yeah. a little ballsier than Bohemian Rhapsody. Definitely a little ballsier, and it's good to see a full fledged film by him, and not yes. a mix match of you know Brian Singer's work as well. Yeah, because this film, as Jack says, it's not family friendly it's some for some reason mm. it's got an m rating which i thought was a little confusing because there's a there's a c word it, in this i oh, they do drop the c bomb at one and point i'm pretty sure um oh my god one well, like grant torino has grant torino has a lot of swearing as rated m i know it's just interesting because i always thought that m at least in the australian Bureau, it comes down Australian to Australian Bureau. I don't know what it's called. Australian Classification that, Board. That one. Um, you, would know, <laughs> you would know that. Um, uh, but I always thought F words were the, the jump to oh, nah. MA. Nah. Um, that surprised me too. It was, uh, we found out a while ago, but no, it's not. In, in, um, in uh, the US, that's a huge deal. You get mm. one F bomb for a PG 13, but only more than that, boom, you go straight to. Um, uh, Restricted, is adult? Yeah, basically. I think, I think 17 plus. AV, I think they use or something like oh, that. Oh, I think AV is like the extreme yeah. one. What's oh, this one? 
Oh no, it's just R. I think it goes from PG to R. Yeah. But R's like 17 plus. Which I thought this film's got M and I was like, okay, so I'm fearing... Because Bohemian Rhapsody... I feel like Bohemian Rhapsody and this have both have M ratings, yet one yeah, of them is do. significantly ballsier and I... more true to probably the yeah. lifestyle compared to the other one, which felt... I mean, I, I, I was so frustrated with Bohemian Rhapsody how soft they tapped around everything, right. really. How... Literally, it feels like a studio sunk their fingers into this film and was like, "We're just making this the most marketable film we can for money reasons." Well, I mean, they're all all the producers were the bloody the rest of the band. Yeah, and it was the same in this movie. I was making a joke because literally, you know, when you have a biopic like this, it usually has the like starring such and such and has like the real life image yeah. sort of thing. They did that, but for executive producers in this film. <laughs> Yeah. So it'll have like executive produced by, and it'll have the picture of the character and acting. I just love it's like so pretty much the entire cast produces film. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I find it funny because this Rocket Man does do like well, we could talk about like things like the surrealist stuff, which is definitely mm-hmm. at stronger points. Um, the one you brought up was they're floating. Uh, they're was really cool, things. and uh, the one where he dives into the pool. Oh is... yeah. Amazing. And okay, I couldn't get a read on you because we had obviously I was in between Jack before you, yeah. and every time something happened in that sequence, I'll just see your arms go up in the air, and I was like, I can't tell what he what that oh. means. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed that stuff. Okay, uh, particularly the Rocket Man just s- sequence. Yeah, earlier in the film that we would have guessed, we talked about that, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, oh, I think Rocket Man kind of sits where I thought it would sit in the film. Um, okay. Tiny Dancer comes way too early, I think. Mm. Um, I but think... was it just written earlier? Is that the whole thing? Or I guess. I mean, it was written '73. I think Mad Men Across the World. I'm mm. getting off my music history here. <laughs> but um, look, I'm not a big Elton John fan, too. And yeah, I'm not neither. a big Queen fan. So I go into both these movies watching a movie. I'm not yeah, watching. You don't really know how accurate. Yeah. Because like, a lot of the time it's like, oh, here's like a, a song, a famous song yeah and it's like it's introduced in a way that especially in bohemian rhapsody where it's like is this really how it's introduced yeah. yeah like this yeah that kind of thing i feel a little more natural bohemian yeah yeah bohemian really is like oh now it's time to play another one bites the dust yeah it's another one's we were yeah, exactly like they're having this big argument and then they just stop with that beat and it's like oh okay let's start yeah Spewing out the lyrics. We just know it off the top of my head yeah. now. Whereas I feel like this one has some really breath, particularly the first hour um, when it, we get to Rocket Man. I think after mm. Rocket Man's song's done, yep. that's when the movie just checks out. See you later. They didn't know where to go from there, I think, because they had blown a lot of the big yeah. Elton John songs in the first hour. And then the next hour was just jumpy and pacing was off. Yeah, and the pacing really drove me nuts. Yeah. Um, especially, yeah, you're right there. Pretty much the whole second half, really. Mm-hmm. Especially when it just kind of, there was a lot of montage scenes of like him getting high or you know, his wasted sort of thing. You kind of start to lose perspective on the plot, which I understand kind of what they do with, did with that, but it, it lost me. Yeah. And it really never got me back at that point. I think, like, I was really excited after the opening part the check-in, that sort of stuff. And then when we went to the song, I think it's called Saturday, but, like, that one-shot sequence. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you could see there are, like, some pretty defined cutting points, but they try and make it like it's one shot. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I know La what La you're talking about. about. I know what you're talking about. That got about. me real La La Land feeling. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, um, I just appreciated the level of choreography. That was actually pretty amazing, that sequence. Yeah, well, I think this... this... had the Birdman technique of the, the camera yeah, pan well, and new cut sort of thing. This movie definitely was drawing inspiration from La La Land. Yeah. Um, absolutely. It didn't hit it as well as even probably even come close, really, to La La Land's sort of... Oh, some of their sequences are pretty good. Yeah. Like, up there. But this has got a real... Like, you can really see he's taken what Chazelle did. Yeah, and, exactly. And tried to not imitate it, just adopt it. And yeah. I think that some of it really hits the mark. Influence. But um, <laughs> the second half is, and the last 20 minutes particularly, take a big old anchor and just sink this film. Because at one point in the, like on my grading scale, I was like, this might be sitting at 8.5. This might be the most, you yeah. But by the second half, I was just zooping out of it. 
Yeah. So just uh, slower. <laughs> but it, like, it, it's great seeing those pre-screenings, and I think it was great because like we've had a lot of um, pre-screenings uh, the last mm-hmm. couple of months, which is awesome. I mean, this is probably the one that's like furthest out. Yeah. Usually, I think I've had. I think this would be my fourth one actually this year because we had Captain Marvel. We saw that what a couple of days early. Yep. So pretty early. Then um, our film of the week, which we're going to get to later, we technically saw that a day early, something like that. Yes. Um, and then I saw Weeping Woman a day early, and then this this was quite early. This film doesn't come out six, for another few days. This Thursday. Pretty yeah. Cool. So five days. That's pretty crazy. Pretty good. And honestly. I mean, before before we move on and we we'll push... Let's talk about how cool we are. We can see movies early, guys. There's, there's two things I do want to address. You had a real problem with... We're going back to our cinema etiquette of the week discussion. Oh, here we go. So, <laughs> here we go. Thankfully, because I was on the far left side of us three. didn't see three, Didn't really see anyone in the audience, but apparently poor Jake got the brunt of it. Okay, here's the thing. If you, if you are this much of an impatient twat... To bloody go on your phone during a movie. Can you at least wait further than, like, the first three shots of the bloody movie? I saw... I leaned to Jack. Within the first, like, maybe two minutes of the film, at least three different people were, like, checking their phones. I was like, you just had, like, ten plus minutes of ads. At a pre-screen. And, and at a pre-screen. So that's already, like, a short amount for ads to begin with at a theater. And, oh, you know, people just suck. <laughs> it was okay because I could actually lean my leg up on the chair and it actually blocked out the phone view but it's like I was you know it was like either do that or go up and start abusing the phone because the same person on the phone multiple times it's like do you not have a watch if you're that bored by the movie look at a watch you know what could possibly be so important you have to check your phone Oh, Let, and you know what some, else? I want to talk about the game. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where you're going. I was literally about to that's say. There, there was some weird etiquette apparently going on in this film. Now, I feel like it's only okay. appropriate to talk about, uh, especially with pre-screenings, there's a good and bad thing with pre-screenings. You'd hope with a pre-screening, everyone in the theatre is obviously wanting to see this movie early, so there's yeah. a certain amount of eagerness. Yeah. And you would think that... With that eagerness would come the ability to sit through the entire film, no matter what <laughs> is going <laughs> come up on the screen. And it's true. Oh, I mean, think about it. That's like, amazing. It's it's really interesting because you're watching an Elton John movie, and you go to yourself, you go, uh, "Who's I wonder Elton if, John? Who's Elton John? Is he uh, a normal, average Joe? No, he's quite a flamboyant homosexual man." Yeah, and you would think. <laughs> That when we Bohemian Rhapsody rolled around, we were like, okay, let's all be prepared to watch Freddie Mercury have sex with someone because yeah. it's about Freddie fucking Mercury. <laughs> and um, they were like, the studios were like, no, nah, we're not going to do that because uh, that would mean we'd lose money. Now, Rocket Man at least had the balls to be like, this guy's a gay man. It actually has like a full on, yeah, like just very raw and straight sex scene. Dude on dude, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, because the not everyone did though. All three of us <laughs> sat there when that scene went up, and we were like, "We're waiting for the studio to cut in and be like, yeah, you got to stop showing this right now.'" It went on way longer than I thought. Did ballsy? You're right. There are some ballsy moves in here. I like that, and it's hard not to appreciate that, but from every level, except some people. <laughs> Do you want to? You saw this more clearly than okay, I did. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I had a laugh with Jack because um. So, yeah, the scene comes on, and let, let's be completely honest, this could just be coincidental, but we had a laugh because of the timing. So as soon as the scene comes up, some random dude just starts leaving the feet and he just starts walking off, and I'm like, I'm willing to jack him off, there's the first one to go. And then, uh, yeah, and then he didn't come back for, like, another, like, 12 minutes or something crazy, and then he... Jack Lindo, he's like, oh, he was waiting for his girlfriend to text him when all the, when all the quote-unquote gay shit ended. <laughs> so weird. Like, like, it was probably a coincidence. No. No? Can't be. What an I mean, it was, it's like, <laughs> I could. Uh, I don't think I've ever... That might be the first movie I've watched in a theatre that has a gay sex scene in the movie. Like, I've seen um, movies with yeah, gay man. sex scenes, but okay. in a theatre environment? Okay. I don't think I have watched a movie like, off I'm the top of my to head. I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything. Yeah. But I can imagine if there was a real full-on scene, there would be people that would just get up and leave for some I've, reason. I've definitely made that joke before about 
not necessarily like that kind of scene, but like people leaving at specific times. Maybe I, in horror films, but I don't know. I've always thought because late last year I watched Shame for the first time. Which, okay. Um, if anyone's watched Shame, Steve McQueen, um, boy, that is a full-on movie when it comes to like visual sort of like. Yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of sex. It's about a nymphomaniac. Yeah. Right? All I thought when I was watching Shame was, there's some real amazing sequences where it's like, we've been shown a couple of them. There's some really cool moments in this film. But all I was thinking was, man, imagine going to, like, Sundance and watching Shame with, like, a group of 50 people. I mean, Sundance is probably a better... (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) It's kind of where you want to be watching stuff like that. But imagine you're just in, like, a Hoyts. (laughs) (laughs) A dirty Hoyts. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, how let's watch Fifty Shades of Grey in, in a Hoyts theatre. That's it. I never watched Fifty Shades of Grey in like a theatre. Oh, oh, Jack's probably well, done that. <laughs> Jack probably has. Yeah. Yeah. No. Let's find out. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going to message him right now. Just ask if he saw and either any of the free. Is it free movies? Yes. I'm going um, to see if he's seen any of the free movies. In the theatre. But honestly, I would recommend this film. I think Rocket Man's probably one of the more interesting films that have come out in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but basically, I think it's a more interesting Bohemian Rhapsody, which is not exactly a high bar to achieve, but <laughs> what can you do? I mean, I think Taron Edgington's the reason to see this movie. I think he's really good in it. He's good uh, in it. It's hard for me to get that. I don't. I really didn't know how Elton John like was. I haven't seen like... Well, I never like really that. had seen what Freddie Mercury was like, like apart from archival. That's that's a that's a good point, I suppose. But and I think Rami Malek did a pretty good job. He's I guess. a great actor, so um, you know he definitely kind of has like a lot of the mannerisms and stuff down. I think this film's biggest issue is that second half and its pacing in it. And frankly, I think uh, other biopics could have benefited from the musical concept probably better than Elton John. You see, you say that, but I'm thinking, again, Bohemian Rhapsody, it's so easy to compare it because it's only so recently it came out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would have wanted Bohemian Rhapsody to have that musical or surrealism element to it. I think it, for better or worse, the kind of, the structure that it had, I kind of thought it fit, despite that it was the actual plot structure was very by the beat numbers. All, and all that I'm kind of saying stuff. is, and we walked past the poster before we went to see Rocket Man. Mm. Yesterday, I feel like might have this perfect mix. It's this. Have you seen the trailer for Yesterday? No. Okay, so it's a British film about uh, a um, English Indian man. I think it is English yeah. Hindu man, and he's in an accident and he wakes up and he's in this reality where the Beatles never existed, and he's a struggling musician. So then he uses all the Beatles songs to become world famous. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting story. Yeah, and saw the trailer and I was like, all right, I'm going to buy into this. I might watch the trailer tonight then because I kind of like the sound of that. Yeah, and I think that's going to be that perfect sort of mix of like borderline musical, um, but doing it in the right way. Because it's, it. I don't think they should ever really do a, a Beatles biopic, which would definitely be one that they're going to consider at that's some the thing, point. That's the thing, when they do that, I just hope it's not by the numbers like these you know, previous films have been. Yeah. Because there's only so many times you can see the same kind of story. Like, wouldn't it be good if they focused on, instead of like, I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing with, with both these films that I have big issues with is this, they're too fast. Mm. They feel like they have to get through his entire lifespan. I'm talking both Freddie Mercury oh, and the Elton Dirt's John. the same too. The Motley Crue one that came out. Right, yeah. So they're all in the same they just spend, boat. They need to, like, they they just have this you know, adrenaline rush. We have to get through his entire life through. It's like, wouldn't it be more interesting to just fo- kind of hone in on a very specific thing you know i agree and maybe they'll have to address that i think the fact of the matter is these musical biopics have shifted also like they've shifted from um the artist had to pass away before the biopic came out tend to be the sort of way that they did these sort of films which is interesting that elton john still yeah and i mean a good uh, every other band member of queen still alive bar freddie mercury so And they, like you said, they all EP them, which means yeah. they get to make themselves look as cool or as safe or as nice or as charismatic as they want because yeah. they're the ones funding the films. Whereas, as much as 
you know, there are still people that would influence the ones after the artist passes away, like family members. Mm. They would be more open to making the characters more realistic. And yeah, I mean, or they would have less creative control themselves to begin yeah, with these exactly. family members. Exactly. There can be more creative liberty too. So so I asked Jack if he's seen Fifty Shades of Grey in yep. theatres. He says, and I quote, I saw the first one in theatres, unfortunately. Jada dragged me to see it, and then she just covered my eyes for the whole thing. <laughs> so he was blind for two hours. <laughs> That's the takeaway. And on that note, uh, uh, I think it's time to break into our film of the week, Jakey Boy. Well, not just yet, Ooh. my friendo, Zeke Boy. Okay. Because we have our weekly update for the uh, box office gross of Avengers Endgame. Now, you literally put in your own stinger there. I mean, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is going to do it? <laughs> now, here's the thing. Um, it's been going slow going. The last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. admittedly. And Jack, he keeps coming up to me. He says, Jake, you just got to give me my jug. It's not happening. I think they only grossed four million last week, didn't they? Not in total, That's... like per day, roughly. Oh. It's a rough. Well, okay, here's the thing. Again, we're recording, uh, you know, on the earlier side of things, so I don't have to... Sat- and Saturday's always the big one. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 60, 70 million last Saturday in the one day. Okay. So that was a good jump. Uh, so we're not including that one. At the moment, the film is at... Six, uh, six, geez, two billion six hundred and fifty million dollars, which means it's about a hundred and thirty-seven million away. Now that sounds like a lot, and it is a lot considering the slow goingness. And we'll get a better idea tomorrow morning of how we're jumping. But here's the thing I want to point out: when you look at the Wikipedia page, the little films or the films on the list of the top fifty, they're highlighted green when they're like still currently in theaters or still currently making money. So that's your little indicator if it's still in the running or not. Yeah. There are two other films in this list that are still green. There's Captain Marvel, which means Captain Marvel, which came out, what, like a month earlier? Yep. Still, you know, running, making money. And another film, this is shocking to me, Aquaman. Apparently really? Aquaman is still in theaters and making money. What's Aquaman at? Aquaman is at $1,147,000,000. That's insane. So it's still sure, a lot less Jason than... Jason Momoa is pretty happy with yeah, that. Yeah, he's probably doing quite all right himself. Now, I mentioned this, Zeke. Yes. Because I want to put out a personal message to uh, Jack Bet, or all the Jack Quinn Bets out there in the world, that if you want your jug, you're going to have to fucking wait for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> how long? How long until this challenge is know. over? I don't know. has been out for like seven months. It's on Blu-ray, for God's sakes. You know, like it's... Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you guys need to declare a end date. An end game We're end in date. the end game now. <laughs> so we can get a bit of clarity and hot off the press news for the Cinema Side Show. Okay, podcast. you know what? I'm willing to do that. I'm yep. happy to do that. Assuming Jack hears this, because mm. I'm not going to tell him that. He has mm. to hear it on here and yep. then approach me. <laughs> yep. Now, um, what again, episode uh, are you willing to hold oh, out? Oh, that's to? a good idea. I'll do it by episode. Um,. Oh, it's hard. I, I got to do it now, don't I? Because I can't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow yep. is going to be a big teller. Episode nineteen will declare when you finish your challenge. Okay. Um, let's call it. Oh, this is terrible. This is pretty crazy. We're really episode twenty-three. Twenty-three. Give it four more weeks, dude. Four more weeks. So as of episode safe. twenty-three, we will find out who gets to take out the jug. Will unless, be- unless we get there before then. There we go. Six, <laughs> not you. Don't think it's gonna happen, do you? Not by twenty-three. I thought I was in my head. I was thinking thirty. Thirty. <laughs> yeah. I guess it would still be running at thirty. Yeah, well, we've heard it. Jake's yeah, laid down the gauntlet. Just the edit, infinity. Edit, edit the show. Edit the show. <laughs> Has now, laid down the look, infinity. Look, here's the thing. At twenty-three, it's been what about four, five weeks since the movie mm-hmm. came out. It's about twice twenty. Yes, it's been just a month. It's been a month. Another four weeks is pretty reasonable. Yep. If they can't get it by four weeks, I think they will get it regardless. But if they don't get it by four... You're laughing so much right now. Oh, you you're, just gave up your jug. No, 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 no. I think I'm, I'm going to be good. Four weeks, dude. Come on. That's four Saturdays plus math. <laughs> it's going to happen, Zeke. <laughs> so we'll have to get Jack off for episode 23. <laughs> We'll do the number 23, uh, so yeah. Jim Carrey. Yep. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, that's awesome. So we'll find out who owes who a jug. Um, I love it. 
I love that. Um, cool. <laughs> you made me do it today, you Jake bastard. has laid down the Infinity Gauntlet for <laughs> Avengers the Endgame. Game now. And we will find out who wins that on episode 23. But for now, it is time to switch to our movie Ooh, of the week. What are we watching, Jake? What's a bit of a banger, didn't we, called John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. You have no idea what's coming. Mr. Wick broke the rules. After gunning down a member of the high table of the shadowy International Assassin's Guild, legendary hitman John Wick finds himself stripped of the organization's protective services. Mm, now stuck with a $14 million bounty on his head, Wick must fight his way through the streets of New York as he becomes the target of the world's most ruthless killers. Boy, oh boy, wow, we, Jake. <laughs> that's one way to put it. And that's this our film, review of Parabellum. <laughs> it, it, it pretty much sums it up, to be honest. So, um, as we talked about last week on the show, we did go see a pre-screening of this film so, uh, a day before it came out. So, I haven't seen it in a while. I saw it about a week and a half ago. Yes, and I managed to see it last Tuesday for a second time. And honestly, lucky may consider going back to see it a third time. Whoa. I enjoy this. It's like this. Zeke goes to see John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum Chapter 3. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of time sensitive stuff there. there. A lot of honestly, initial reaction, hard not to walk out of this film taking a big breath. Because yeah, this film does leave you quite breathless. For some reason, you're exhausted by watching other people do physical exercise. I mean, I'm like that anyway, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jake, what was the verdict on this no, film? No, I love this film. I I think, um, as I as, as I talked about last week, I watched all three John Wick films for the first time within a 24-hour span. Mm-hmm. I watched the first one, went to sleep, woke up, watched the second one, then went straight. I literally, like, five-minute break between watching the second one and then get in the car to watch the third one with you guys. Um, so it was, a, it was a completely different experience for me because I got kind of that whole threshold of of story uh, of John Wick in such a short span. Um, So I'm trying to kind of differentiate this third one from the other two. Mm -hmm. Uh, That being said, I think it is my favorite of the three, just because, um, like I said last week, the films kind of just keep elevating on themselves, especially from an action point of view. Um, And I think this is a masterpiece of action filmmaking. I would... Hard to disagree with you. I think we're yeah. not going to have a lot of fighting this week, <laughs> nor are we going to have a lot of convincing or deconvincing. We had our level. fighting during Rocket Man. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but no, this film's honestly, it's so much fun. Ever since uh, Catherine Bigelow pleased us and gave us the gift that is the original Point Break movie mm. with Keanu Reeves, it's hard not to see Keanu Reeves as pretty much just an action juggernaut. You know, there was yeah. a little trilogy called The Matrix. And it's kind of well, hard. What's, what's the Matrix? Yeah, well, that's funny. What's, what's that film? <laughs> well, and and in all seriousness, could you actually ever consider after, even though I've not seen Matrix two or three, mm. I'm well aware of how huge that the cultural phenomenon yeah. it was. Yeah. How could you walk away from those three films and say Keanu Reeves would be remembered? from a legacy point of view for something else on an action level. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like, no, it's so true. It's hard to honestly argue because these three movies are easily way consistently better than the matrix movies just on a, uh, on every level. I mean, the first matrix movie I enjoyed a lot, but I still think I enjoyed all three John Wick movies more than I enjoyed that movie. Um, I think the thing with you know, and it's it's hard for me to, to comment, but I think I think with the Matrix, there might be this sense of um, you know, because I <clears throat> from memory, I, was I even alive during the first one? I don't remember what year did that come about. Two thousand one, I think. Oh, well, never mind. Then. I mean, I was obviously too young to comprehend. Yeah. But I I I recall it being like a big when it when it came out. It yeah. Was, it immediately exploded, sort of thing. I imagine there was a sense of pressure with that. While I, uh, like making the second more films after that, I think with John Wick because it started out as kind of um, a sleeper hit in a way, and the films are just progressively more and more popular with you know how big they're getting. I think that's why they were able to do it. In hindsight, if you watch the first trailer for John Wick, and mm. I remember being there's a real funny story with the John Wick trailer. There's a so funny story with the John Wick trailer. I remember seeing I think the first John Wick trailer would have been when I went to the theatre and watched... It wouldn't have been Taken. It would have had to have been Taken 2. 
Um, <laughs> Taken two. Yeah. So because obviously yeah. similar genre technically. Yeah, they would um, play before that. But screen. it couldn't have been more of a polar opposite in every way, shape, or form. The way Taken's cut. Oh, no, God. it would have I been run all say. night. It might have been run all night. Instead okay, of, um, possibly. It was a Liam Neeson action movie. So, There's plenty of those. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it's it's fascinating because it's like the way that that movie is cut um, and then you compare it with this mm-hmm. and it's like fascinatingly polar. And um, I remember laughing because obviously in the trailer, it's got... Keanu Reeves going, you killed my dog, and then he leads into this gigantic yeah. rampage of killing. I've only seen the trailer for the third John Wick. I haven't seen the trailer for the other Watch two. Watch it, and then try and kind of imag- imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Imagine being in that shoes where you see this guy who's killing all these people because his little dog died. <laughs> Which you know. I mean, I would have been behind. Do you see? Do you see that? Like the dog is it not just. It just cuts away. You know, it's pretty brutal in the first movie. When well, like, when he kills the yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, in the trailer, do you see what nah, the dog looks it. like? Oh yeah, a little beagle. No, well there you go. You sure you understand? Yeah. I mean, as soon as I you do. see that puppy, you're like, yeah, fair little, enough. It's a little bit of one of those cases where it's like, <laughs> it's, it looks ridiculous. And it, right. Literally, the 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 thing was, the, don't set him off. Oh, like the that's text. the whole thing. Don't make me angry. <laughs> and it's sort of like you think that's kind of fucking stupid, and then you watch the movie and you're like, Jesus. Yeah. Which you know, coming around back it's kind to of, it's kind of like kick ass almost. Sort of, yeah. I the mean, way, and I mean, not necessarily like the trail of the gimmickiness, but like the way that the violence was like, oh, okay, I see yeah. where this is going. Yeah, yeah. No, I can, I can buy into that. But honestly, this film is, it's pretty flawless in terms of its action. Um, its story is mm. a continuation of the other ones. I don't know if this film could stand on its own if it was. I don't think so because it's so clearly a like direct sequel from the second one. Yeah, but. It's hard to breathe in the first 30 minutes of this film, definitely. Oh, it's amazing. The first act is so good. Yeah. It it goes from this perfect mix of kind of comedy in some of the action mm. environmental kills. I remember whispering to you. Environmental kills. I was, I remember, it's like a statistic in a video game. Well, I was about to say, I remember <laughs> whispering to you, this reminded me of Sleeping Dogs. Oh, yeah. Um, it does, That eh? video game from a couple of years ago. And it's like... 2012. Wow. That's a long um, time ago now. <laughs> And it just reminded me of stuff like that, where it yeah. was like clearly like trying to just be like every set piece that you wouldn't think action would occur in, we're going to do it in this movie yeah. and show you what we can do in it. Even like the horses and stuff, just like the way that those are you. I mean, imagine sitting in a pitching room, Jake, and going, <laughs> I would like to see a fight scene in a horse stable. We should, we should do that on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny because it's like, oh, yeah, so cool. what do you, what, what do you do with it? And apparently you slap a horse's butt and watch as he kills people. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, this film's does that perfect mix of sort of like why you like the first two. It further builds the universe. Yeah. Um, starting now, we're starting to get to the point where there's less mystery with some of the things. Whereas in the first John Wick, I remember, yeah. You were sort of like, what is this gold currency? What's the... I'm still confused what the current... Like, you can buy a drink, but you also get a night at a hotel, like, with the same coin. Yeah. Like, what? I think it's a favour, is the way of... I think I've actually looked into this, because it's actually really bugged me. I couldn't, like, tell. What the... I, think, I think it's just, like, a, a coin that kind of lets them know that they are part of this underworld yeah. sort of thing. So it's more like I'm in the no coin than it is, like, a currency. Yeah. Uh. It's interesting. You're right, though. It's weird, though. Staleski hasn't really gone on and talked about his point with that. He's kind of just been like, there's just a coin. But to to your point, though, with the world building, I understand. I think you're right. Like, you're right. The mystery is getting stripped away because we're we're learning more about the world, which Uh, you would kind of hope you'd do. By the third installment? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. But um, I can understand, like, the the mystery kind of being gone. But I feel like there's always layers to it that they keep... Yeah. revealing in each I, film. I think this film only has one real notable weak point in it that mm. I think everyone sort of... Like, we don't expect to have action from post to post. And I think the fact that this one is the most action-heavy oh, but still far, keeps yeah. it fresh mm. and interesting and 
doesn't get boring. Um, but that's the follow the fallout from the Halle Berry sequence in which yeah, you know, oh, in the desert and that yeah, where he's oh, wandering around yeah, the desert. Yeah, yeah. It does a little bit slow and it looks a little bit odd. I think it it sticks out because you're right, there's more action than usually in this film. Yeah, maybe, but I also feel like it's a little bit kind of extreme and a bit too silly, whereas this film walks a pretty good line between being, you know, silly and serious. Some sort of level of grounded, yeah. Um, And I think that was just a little bit too much for me and probably a lot of people watching it, but that's the only real thing I could pick out that I kind of thought was a little bit off but i never i was never bothered by any of that stuff um i don't i don't know i i would honestly there was a couple of fights since where i think they did go on a little too long to the point where okay. it's like it's, it's as impressive as it is mm-hmm. of a showcase um both from a choreography standpoint um and obviously like a like a filmmaking standpoint mm. um performance actor, standpoint, you know, yeah, actor dedication absolutely like as much as it's a great showcase for all of that some of them did overstay their welcome in little bits and places yeah I think, um, particularly, this film does pace pretty well in terms of fight escalation, though. Yeah. Like, um, it starts off with, like, even when you look at every opponent that John faces throughout the film, yeah. um, it almost, I mean, it, it, honestly, these three movies feel more and more like a video game every time, but for the, for the right reason, yeah. which... I mean, you compared it to Max Payne. Like oh, this my God. Well, tonally, yeah. it's so much like Max Payne, especially the first film. Yeah. Just kind of the noir setting, the um, kind of the, the undestructive nature of the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, just being a complete <laughs> Terminator, yeah. lack of a better word, you know. But I feel like these films definitely do that, particularly with the last sequence, like the final battle sequence where yep. the guards who come in are literally Kevlar- Heel to toe. That's very uncharted, like those, yeah. those guys when they this like impossibly to beat. Like you have to like. But get I love it because it's yeah. like it's one of those situations where it's a goofy concept that's met with a pretty cool, realistic alternation where he's like mm. he gets to the point where he's shooting and it's not doing anything, so yeah. he, goes, he has to shoot them in the one little bit, and he rinses and repeats that about yeah. eight times, and you're like. This just feels like I'm facing a wave of enemies right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that in that sequence, though. The um, not the doorman, but like the the servant guy who lets him in the hotel. Yeah. Um, I like that he gets a bit of action in this. He gets a, yeah. a gun and have fun. And then they immediately go back and get a uh, armor piercing shells. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. I That's honestly, a great uh, it's good you bring that up because I think a lot of the supporting roles need to be noted in this film. They're great, yeah. There's not really a single one that's not great. They yeah. have a perfect mix of some of them have comedy, some of them are quite super serious, and some of them are just like damn right charismatic. I mean, it's mm. hard to not note Lawrence Fishburne's performance. I was going to say he's great in this one as um, well. And it's just it's impossible not to see that almost like Stalesky's deliberately trying to one-up the Matrix sometimes with bringing people <laughs> like Keanu Reeves and well, Fishburne in on it. Yeah, there's not a lot of salt. I mean, they have the line, like the guns. The yeah. guns line, yeah. It's like, it's, you're right. There's a very direct um, the greenness. To it. There's a lot of greenness yeah. in John Wick too. Like, it, there's clearly like a, a generational gap between these films, but a huge homage or even challenge between I think both. I think it's gone from homage to more challenging now especially yeah. because I think I think they've earned the right to try and up one that kind of thing yeah and I think these films are winning to be honest because well, guess there what go. there's going to probably be a fourth one and they did announce the fourth one yeah yeah 2021 May yeah Sometime and that's May. more than uh, The Matrix got so oh, well. <laughs> uh, but you know I think um Honestly, yeah, like his performance is great in this. I think um, Ian McShane's really good in this. Mm. I think, yeah, it's just Halle Berry, as we've talked about. I yeah, think she's, she's awesome in this, and you got the dogs as well. Yeah. Getting those dogs in that fight. That, that's just, it's so great. Like I said, it's a showcase. There's so much mm. being showcased here on just a technical and a performative level. It's mm. so impressive. I mean, that's pretty much all I got to say, apart from highlight scenes now, really, which I could probably talk about for about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of... Uh, the whole film. There's a, the whole bit. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, particular scenes. Like, I, I guess we can I guess we can go into it. Because uh, I, I do want to talk about... I guess my highlight scene would be my favourite um, action scene or my favourite 
yeah, I guess actual fight scene in the entire series mm-hmm. is right at the start of this film, the knife fight. Yes, the that's my favorite sequence of the whole series. It's it's almost a shame that I feel like part of this is given away in the trailer. Um, in hindsight, oh, I don't think the trailer does it justice but at all. I'm I glad. think they've done just enough to pique the interest, but not give it away. And I yep. think you're a hundred percent correct. That sequence. You know, we were talked about earlier with Rocket Man with that pre-screening crowd and how kind of frustrating some of it was. Whereas yeah. the John Wick pre-screening crowd, we had a great crowd. Yeah. yeah, this crowd was like in this scene especially. Everyone was quiet. No one was on their phones. But you did get the occasional like, oh, oh, oh yeah, oh. It's like, it's, perfect. it's the exact reaction you want. Yeah, it's non-intrusive, but it's like you feel it. You're in the room with everyone. Yeah. And you're all admiring how jaw-dropping and amazing that scene was. But it was also hilarious. Yeah. The choreography was intentionally hilarious, the way they kind of alter... I I think especially like when they they both kind of have that look and then they both simultaneously punch two different windows to get two different knives. Like, just that kind of stuff is so clever. Well, you can clearly see that, like I brought up The Matrix, but those like old-school kung fu movies are totally... Uh, In this in this sort of area that he he clearly wants to capture, but I think there is that perfect mix of like pseudo comedy, but like just amazing co- like jaw dropping choreography and the amount of nut punches, oh. like, <laughs> and I love that because big it's like this time around, it's amazing. It's yeah. like when in doubt, just hit someone in the nuts. Apparently, it's pretty good. But it, but it's. It's true, like it's not clean fighting, which is what yeah. these film. Well, they're clean. In they're the pretty sense clean, of... but it's it's like the dirtiest version of clean, especially yeah. that knife fight. Yeah, <sighs> I don't know it's what so you can, good, man. You gotta just watch the movie, buy a ticket just for the first twenty minutes, even, <laughs> and then don't if leave. You really don't like, then go. But Jesus, you won't want to leave after that fight. You'll oh. walk away from it. Everything from the build-up to the fight, too, where he's That's in the gun... Say, yeah. yeah, the gun store, and he's, like, making his gun out of replica guns. Yeah, yeah. But I just mean, like, the entire... From the very beginning of the film, leading up to that, what's clever is that, you know, like we talk about, and a lot of people talk about how awesome and how intense that chunk is, because it takes off right from Chapter 2. But the thing that's, I think, so impressive about it is that there's really no fighting for, like, the first 15 minutes. Yeah. The tensions all build up from the editing and kind of the whole like ticking time bomb until, you know, it hits a certain time and boom, free reign. And there's obviously that one dude who attacks him before. And it's a it's zero. a great fight because it's yeah. something completely it's more plodding and foreboding and overwhelming. And they do that yeah. with just even the dude's physical presence being like an eight foot man. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, and even like he has that jump on him because he yeah. has that that, that's what I love about the characters in this film is that they have this kind of certain level of honor for each other. So yeah. it, he he says, John Wick's like, basically, you're not allowed to fight me yet. And the other guy, one of the only dudes in the entire series is like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to fight you, even though I'm not technically allowed to right now, yeah. sort of thing. And I lo- and you're right, the brutalness of that, using the book to kill him and oh, it's just all that great. great. And it was like, it's it's a really good opening sequence and then it just kicks off. And... Honestly, the film ran a danger of uh, losing itself quite easily with mm. the premise of the last film, and I think this it does really well. It gets him out of there. It add, creates more in, uh, mystery to his character. Mm. It gives him a little bit more backstory too, particularly with the, the stuff with the Russian uh, uh, yeah. group. And, yeah, no, honestly, I... I think that that scene for everyone is going to be the scene that everyone remembers from this film, and I think it's one of the best action sequences you're ever going to watch in any film. Yeah, fair enough. But, so what, what would be your highlight scene in particular? Well, that one is definitely up there. I think it's pretty hard to pass. Um, now, I'm going to say this incorrectly. He's going to say it incorrectly. But um, the sequence between... The glass fight at the end, oh, okay, on yep. the glass yep. level between, you know, Reeves and Mark Dacos. I think it's Dak Dacacos. Okay, the, he's an Good amazingly <laughs> like interesting character because he's a super fan of John Wick. Oh yeah, I forgot but, about that. But he's sort of like dorky but serious, and he has that weird middle ground and. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I love that bit at the end where he's got like he's impaled on a sword and he's like, "That was a pretty good fight, right?" Like, <laughs> I just think it's really cool. Or even the fight before where he's fighting the the two brothers. I'm assuming they're brothers or they're like. Oh right, the yeah, the little oh jeez, the um, I was gonna call them minions. Not really minions, but you're right. Like the, they're they're twins, but you're right. That's a great fight because it's it's perfect. I think he's I think. just outmatched. Yeah, just. But then he finds a way. Yeah, and I love. He always it. finds a way. So it's a really, it's just that the and that 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 whole sequence is great because it's like it literally is three levels of fighting. Yeah, like the <laughs> like you know you got the boss fight on level three, you got like the really good underlings, and then the first guys who just kick the shit out of him through glass. Yeah, it's like... I was gonna say the sugar glass budget on this thing, man. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I just and it got to the point where it was almost comical. Like it got to like the that was tent... totally comical. Yeah, where it was like Jesus Christ, give this guy a break. Like, like they have it. They have like a still. They have a tripod shot of like okay, here's all the glass in the room, and it's like we're not gonna cut away until every piece of glass is broken. <laughs> it's hard not to enjoy that scene, or, or so even good. just like. That whole sequence when all of the Kevlar, like the Kevlar soldiers yeah, come yeah, in, yeah. it's just a lot of fun. It's, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie, and everyone should go watch it because everyone, we want Jack to win the jug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. But I do want to, before we move on, I do want to talk about it because we can go even further into the ending. So mm-hmm. this very clearly is not the end. Mm-hmm. There's a chapter four. It's already been announced. Um, cause we had, a, I think we had a, not a bet bet, but we actually walked mm. in the movie being like, is he going to die in this yeah. one? And very clearly he almost does. Yeah. You get shot. He kind of gets portrayed almost and gets shot off the, um, off the roof. And then it's, um, him and, uh, it's a fish burn. Is that it? Yep. Fish burn with who's somehow still alive. I like the way he looks, but I kind of don't like that. He's still alive. Yeah. I he should have died. Didn't, didn't understand that, but well, I'm sure we'll. Yeah. Get an explanation, hopefully. It'll, it'll be a cool lead into Chapter 4, and I'm excited for it. But Jack does raise his concerns of um, the, sh- uh, not the series kind of, not necessarily out saying it's welcome, but getting a little gimmicky and a little burnt out, which I can understand. Because yeah. usually I would be in the same mindset as him, but I think I'm not because I only just saw these three films in one big chunk. So we'll see. I'm keen for it, but and I don't think it'll be... Uh boring in any way shape or form i think it'll keep it fresh it'll keep it interesting and we're just gonna have a good time and more action movies need to take note um you know honestly apply Mm. action this way yeah no it's 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 simple stuff of just you know long takes it's let them do it sequences like this or it's like opening sequences like in the revenant it's Mm. like these things that show what we're supposed to see it's what we want to see yeah you know so um, John Wick's Chapter Three: Power of Bellum is currently out in cinemas. In mm. yeah, yeah, wide, wide release. release. Go check it out. Go check it out, boy. Now, bridging into wide release in cinemas. Yeah, what's out this week? Cinemas this week, mm. as we've talked about earlier in the show. Rocket Man is out this Thursday. It's coming out. Yes, we kind of we didn't really spoil it. We didn't you know, spoil it. A lot of stuff in there. Elton John survives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he doesn't die. Doesn't die. Yeah. Not much going on this week apart from Rocket Man, uh, Godzilla Two, King of the Go- what? King of the Monsters, really? comes out apparently on the thirtieth of May. Oh, yeah, there is a there is a new Godzilla. Is there like is it like a crossover? Is like King Kong? No, it's Godzilla Two. So it's the sequel to Godzilla. Oh, the Brian Cranston one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah, it is. So uh, <laughs> maybe we'll go see that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I still I still want to see Detective Pikachu. Far out. I yeah, know I that's still that. still kind of dangling about. And what's another one? There's another one that's Toy Story Four soon. Soon, it's yeah. a few weeks away. There's another. What was the other one? What was the other one I wanted to catch? I don't remember anymore. Zeke, I'm going well, senile. There's some stuff coming out the following week that I can't wait to talk about. But oh, as of right now, teaser. we're going into our episode twenty and our next directorial corner. Yeah, boy. And what are we doing? This coming week, Zeke. Yeah, so it's my turn to pick the corner, I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, he, uh, I, have we really been keeping tabs on who picks what, though? Not really. Not really. Uh, the directorial corner for next week will be Wes Anderson. <laughs> um, And we'll be bringing on a colourful guest. Colourful, I love it. Next week on the show. And we'll be watching his first feature, Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Bob! Hey! Stop, go, stop, go, go! 
on the run from Johnny Law. Did he give you the keys? Did he give you the keys? Pole vaulting, laughing gas, choppers. Can you see how incredible this is going to be? Excuse me. The, are the explosives really necessary? In Wes Anderson's first feature film, Anthony has just been released from a mental hospital only to find his wacky friend Dingen determined to begin an outrageous crime spree. Mm. After recruiting their neighbour Bob, the team embarks on a road trip in search of Deegan's previous boss, Mr. Henry. But the more they learn, the more they realise that they do not know the first thing about crime. Bada boom, bada bing, Jake. This is our next directorial corner with our... Mystery coloured, ge- colourful guest. Mystery coloured guest, yeah. So um, for the first time ever on the show, you may remember him from uh, the Blue Velvet podcast back in the day, we're going to have James Norton. Oh, where is he? Um, right here, guys. Whoa! Whoa. James, where did you come from? I've been sitting here watching you guys in the corner the whole time. You've been here the whole time? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, did you enjoy the show? It was rude of us. Uh, yeah, it was great. Especially what was your favourite part of what uh, we talked about? Definitely the part about the uh, the Rocket Man. Definitely that. Ah, part. yeah. Oh, yeah. he, that's he cool. was listening. Wow, yep. that's cool. I enjoyed that one single part incredibly. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, James. Well, I guess we'll be seeing you next week with your first technical guest appearance, where Ooh. you'll be talking about Bottle Rocket with us. I know you like Wes Anderson films. Yeah, as, a, as a, I consider myself a connoisseur of Wes Anderson films. Uh, I'm quite a fan. Have you seen Bottle Rocket yet? I have not, so I guess like, <laughs> I guess I'm a pretty terrible fan, but that's all right. <laughs> We're all going to learn together next week. Yeah. No worries. Well, thank you for joining us for the Cinema Sideshow podcast. I was Zeke. I was Jake. And I'm James. <laughs> and, we'll... <laughs> and we'll catch you next week with our latest director, Connor, Bottle Rocket. <laughs> <laughs>